Welcome to The Table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Good morning. My name is Renee Anderson, and welcome to the Kingstown Communion Daily Devotional Series for the 2022 Lenten season. Let's take a couple of deep breaths to ease our mind, body, and spirit into the presence of God. Okay, if you're following along in the book, Good Enough, 40-ish Devotionals for a Life of Imperfection, here are the highlights out of the chapter, Bright Hope, on pages 220 through 225. Ezekiel, only 25 years old, was a prophet and priest chosen by God to explain his reality, that the Babylonians, led by King Nebuchadnezzar, sacked Jerusalem destroyed the temple, removed the Judeans from their land, took them into captivity, and marched them hundreds of miles into exile. They probably didn't have adequate shoes, food, or shelter for the long journey. God was gone. Ezekiel was a traumatized witness to a traumatized people. His strange visions and dreams grapple with the horrors they experienced. People dying, people ripped from their homes, people separated from those they loved, people abandoned by God. He bore witness to the unknowing of when this would end, the totalitizing fear of despair, the depth of unhope. Ezekiel found himself standing over a mass grave Under his feet were thousands of dried bones. It might have been an old battlefield or perhaps captive Judeans who weren't allotted individual burials, so their decaying bodies were tossed in a trash heap. How despairing Ezekiel must have felt standing over the bodies of loved ones, cousins, neighbors, friends, his own wife. Too many to count. And then God Almighty asks Ezekiel, 
Can these bones live? After witnessing all of this, how infuriating would it be to be asked, can these bones live? No, no, they cannot. But God asked Ezekiel to prophesy that God would resurrect the dead, that God would restore a community, that God would establish a kingdom, that God would build a temple, that God would put bones back together, that all hope is not lost. Then the vision continued. Ezekiel felt rattling under his toes, cartilage cracked together, ligaments were sewn, skin stretched, lungs filled with the very breath of God. The valley of dry bones rushed with life once again. Ezekiel then prophesies to his people in a manner that will help them imagine how Israel will be restored. The land and the people that he thought were destroyed forever will be restored because the people will build a new temple. The people will establish a new organized society. The people will rebuild. The author asserts that the restoration of Israel doesn't come without the participation of her people. This isn't about standing passively by while they watch God work. The people of God will work alongside God to restore the land. She goes on to say that hopefulness as an ideal is too general to be of help in times of despair, but hope made practical is human-sized. We can't make something from nothing. We are not God. We must make something from what we have every day. The author then asks, what if you already have in your experience and in your life what it takes to make something good happen just from what you have already been given? Chan Hellman is a researcher and co-author of the book, Hope Rising, How the Science of Hope Can Change Your Life. In a TEDx talk eight months ago, he asserts that hope is a social gift. It doesn't happen in isolation within us. It happens in relationships with each other. Our connectedness with each other is one of the single best predictors of hope. Our connectedness with others, our connectedness with something greater than ourselves, hope is a social gift. Dr. Hellman goes on to assert that at the heart of change is our ability to understand the way things are right now in our lives and that we can begin to imagine the way things could be. This is where hope is born and we should learn to be a little more intentional in our social connections. Just a couple of days ago, I had a thought that escalated into a, a downward spiral of many more thoughts. What will happen if my parenting challenges don't change? What if the professional I've just met can't help? What will I do next? How will I cope? When will this suffering end? I could feel myself tense up with every internal question and then recognized I was experiencing anxiety. I've learned that in times like these, that healing comes when I reach out. Hope comes when I reach out. So I called another mom friend. Her response, what if the professional I just met can help? 
And on the same day I spoke to my friend, I also came across this prayer. Dear Lord, when I am worried, guide me to imagine best case scenarios as I leave the outcome of the situation in your hands through prayer. Our scripture for today, Good Friday, is Luke 23, 26 through 49. As they led Christ away, they seized Simon from Syrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children, for the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the barren women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills, Cover us. For if men do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, there they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes, casting lots by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him, which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the woman who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us reflect on where we have been in the past. Luke 23, 44 says, the sun stopped shining. What has been your darkest hour? Let us reflect on where we are today. On this Good Friday, 
stand a while with those who came to mourn at the cross of Jesus. Like Ezekiel, what do you currently mourn? What is your trauma with a big T or a little T? Let us reflect on where we may be tomorrow. What does hope look like right here and now in this dark hour? Use your imagination and remember the relationships you've been gifted. Here is a prayer for your day. God, give me eyes to see what you see and a heart to love what you love. Give me the gift of hope that I might take hold of what I have already been given and make something of it. Grant me the gift of faith that I might look to what is yet unseen or only dimly shining through and trust that you have come to gather it all up and us with it in Jesus Christ. And bless me, Lord God, with the grace to love well what is already here in the peace and power of your Holy Spirit. Amen.